what about free time? How do you uh, how do you uh, how do you work to make free time for yourselves or for uh, for Suzanne? Or were you laughing there as if like there is no free time? <laughs> there is no free time. Two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies. Talking about the struggle. Talking about Big Papa. Hello once again. Welcome to Big Papa's, the podcast for modern dads. I'm Dan Worry Smith, and on the other line, I've got Desmond's dad, the father of two, the sleepiest dad in Toronto, Pierre Hamilton. Say what's up to him, Pierre. What's up? Although I might be getting a little more sleep than some folks, so I, you know, I mean, that's I appreciate the title, but uh, just you know, there might be some folks out there going, "Hey, I'm getting way less sleep than he is. I don't like him." Pierre, once again, we find ourselves with such limited time to get these episodes out, and I guess it makes sense. I, I guess we brought this on ourselves, trying to do the second season right around the time of the birth of your second kid. Uh, but we do have a few minutes right now, uh, stealing a bit of your time. And uh, I guess before we get into the episode, this is episode five of season two. We got a couple of great interviews coming up for you listeners. Uh, before we get into that, what's what's been going on this week in your world? How's Desmond doing? How's the fam doing? What's up, Pierre? Yeah, everybody's doing. I think doing pretty well. You know, we're. I wouldn't say we settled into a, a you know an absolute routine where everything is like always working, but uh, young Desmond is adapting a little bit better to life in general. There's you know there's less crying. He does have a witching hour, I would say. You know, which isn't the greatest, uh, especially when uh, the other night uh, Jess was out uh, for, for a couple hours, and that's when it hit, and I was like. I can't do anything. I'm doing all my tricks. None of them are working. He's inconsolable. So I just had to suck it up and, and uh, deal with crying for about an hour and, and 15 minutes or so. Uh, other than that, he's, uh, he's growing. He's filling out. We're actually now having to go through and get rid of some clothes because we're like, oh, he's grown out of these, which is always a nice thing. I think when you're, when you're a parent, you've got all this baby stuff. So the second you're like, all right, we're not having any more. We don't need to keep this around. Let's just get rid of it. So that's really good. And uh, I think the other thing is like, I now can see in his eyes a bit more recognition. Like, it's not just like, hey, there's a fuzzy shape talking at me. Um, it's like, hey, this fuzzy shape, I think he's important. You know what I mean? I think this guy's important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch him. I'm going to watch him. Uh, other than that, uh, both, uh, both Zadie and, uh, and uh, Jess are all doing great. And so we, uh, we move on and we just, you know, kind of keep going. And let's get to three months when there's like that real change and things, you know, start to get to a, a new level um, where, you know, again, hopefully he's sleeping, you know, maybe a, a bit earlier and sleeping a bit longer throughout the night. That's, that's what we're aiming for right now. Uh, Pierre, I'm getting a little misty over here thinking about the fuzzy shape. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful moment when uh, when you can see even just that little twinkle of recognition like, hey, that's that's my man right there. That's my fuzzy shape. Yeah, yeah. And every once in a while it's like, I think it's there, but then it's actually he's pooing again. So, you know, it's, it's like kind of, it's a mix. It's a mixed blessing. Yeah, they glaze over a little and you're like, oh no, this has nothing to do with me. <laughs> what about 
about you? How is uh, how's Zoe doing, and 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 how are you guys uh, dealing doing with, in the new in the new spot? Uh, the new place is good. We are are kind of getting settled. Was put on hold the last week. Uh, for about five days, we were away. Went on a road trip. We took Goldie. It was her longest uh, road trip so far. So you know she's had a few times in the past where it's been like a couple hours in the car. Uh, this trip, we drove to Quebec to a cousin's cottage out there, uh, and it was it was a great time. The drives weren't even that tough, but it's about seven hours in the car each way. So what we ended up doing was basically just putting the iPad on and letting Goldie watch, you know, Peppa Pig and Paw Patrol and Llama Llama and all her other favorite shows. Got a little Paddington 2 in there. Um, So aside from feeling a little guilty about just plopping her in front of the screen for basically half the day. Uh, the trip was a lot of fun. We had a good week. Uh, Zoe is through the part of her pregnancy where the nausea is just constant. So now it's only kind of intermittent. We had a really good week. And uh, you- you'll hear coming up the interview that I did for, for this week was with my brother, Micah, who is a father of two. Um, and we-, we took a few moments. Uh, we were together on this trip to Quebec. Uh, and it gave us the opportunity. We've been looking for a chance to kind of chat on the show show and have him come on as a guest uh so it was really nice uh, to get that under our belt and and that's one of the interviews that listeners will hear today Pierre, why don't you tell us about the other one and, you know dan every once in a while i find myself watching tlc's outdaughtered or you know catching up with clips of sex tuplets and these are these are these are reality shows about you know people with multiple kids we're talking like an outdaughtered it's like you know maybe they've got they had one daughter and then they had like five or four other daughters and Ooh. so they're dealing with it and i'm always looking at it going how do they do this? Like, those shows are pretty garbage to watch, but it's like, what's interesting about it is you're like, okay, how are they going to make it work? They're going for brunch with, like, five kids. How is this going to work? It's going to be a disaster. I'm going to love watching this. So I think when we started to, to decide or we're like, okay, we're, we're going to have a second, and then when it was actually real and we knew, okay, we're definitely having a second, I started to go, oh, my God, like, sometimes it's tough with one. You know, I think we've talked about that before. And, you know, I think in reality, I know that I have it easy, but sometimes you're still like, oh, this is tough. And so what I thought was, man, I got to find somebody who's an expert in having multiple kids. So I actually looked out and I found a buddy of mine, uh, an old friend of mine named Matt Hills. He's a curator, uh, an art curator and uh, a father of four uh, living in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. And he's got four kids and he's like... I can give you the the inside scoop. So I reached out to him, and he gave me a lot of uh, a lot of interesting uh, interesting uh, insight into how you adapt to four kids. It's a lot about routines. I think people now sometimes look at you know big families and go, "You're crazy." Um, and uh, he's got some insight to share in that. So really excited to to listen to this interview. He's really uh, excited to to hear what Micah says uh, as well. And and now that I am uh, you know a father of two, it's uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good hearing the perspective and seeing you know maybe what I can do to uh, to help get us uh, get us out on a routine and, and and maybe a little bit more focused. Yeah, and you can learn what it's going to be like when you have your third and fourth kid. So very valuable information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely something that I'm looking forward to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think it'll be cool to hear from Matt, too, because, you know, most of the people we're speaking to are either Toronto people or maybe similarly kind of big city urbanites. Uh, And it sounds like there's probably a much different vibe out in Newfoundland where where Matt's living with his family. So, yeah, we're talking multiple kids today. You're going to hear from Micah. You're going to hear from Matt. And uh, Pierre and I will be back to wrap it up with you at the end of this episode of Big Papa's. Yeah.
Okay, Dan here. It's Big Papa's coming at you. Micah Worry Smith, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dan. I'm it's my pleasure. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. We're like sneaking a few minutes right now, and uh, your sons Wesley and Clark are scratching at uh, the door, trying to get your attention. We just had some dinner, a big family dinner. Chomping at the bit, it's indeed. Kinda, uh, yeah, they uh, won't let me have that moment. It's, it's nice to step away and be able to talk about. <laughs> The kids. Yeah, as, as, as much time as we can get, uh, we're going to get it right now. So the topic that we're discussing, it's kind of a general topic over the course of this whole second season that we're doing, but specifically this episode. What is it that changes when you have the second kid? And maybe just starting there, you know, from a general perspective, what are the things that you remember between one and two and how many, how, how things kind of shifted for you? The first thing that I'd say you notice changes is time. Uh, I, when we just had the first one, when just Wesley was born, we always had time for him is no matter what I was working, no matter what was going on, there was time to sit down and do something with him. And when you have two trying to find the time to do something with each of them in a day, or even just time for the little one. Cause now the big one has a routine. You notice how time in a day changes. Right. And that's a big uh, that's a big factor. What also changes, and you see a lot of it in in uh, media of different kinds, is your approach to parenting. The first one, no, don't do that. Very strict rules, kind of like, you know, you got an eye on them. Make sure that they don't fall all the time, blah, 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 blah. And then you get the second one, and you're like, all right, well, I'll, I'll watch them if I can get a hand on them. <laughs> It's funny, your kids kind of mirror that vibe. Like, Wesley just turned four, and he's, like, a little more uptight, and it seems... Cautious, too. Cautious, yeah, right. And aware of his surroundings and aware maybe of the risks of his, you know, the things he's doing physically or his behavior. And Clark, who just turned two, is, like, a total... He's like a party animal. He seems like... And he's only two again, but like, like the keg stand guy in like a college film or something, or like the guy, like the wild card, like the guy who's just going to come in and be like, let's do it. We've had quiet moments. And especially when we're trying to put Wesley down for his rare naps, we get the opportunities. Okay. Wesley's going down for a nap and Clark will wake up from his nap and just be like, I'm up, let's do it. <laughs> we're like, Wesley's trying to go down. And exactly. And you do notice that that change kind of as time uh as time changes your ability to parent and that's kind of the first thing that we noticed when clark was born right oh clark is just like such a lovable goofball <laughs> and you i know that you and morgan have uh you know discussed with us with the family that you, you probably have plans to have more kids how do, how many more kids do you think you're gonna have you know I'm the middle child, so uh, I I'd say four only for that. I know what a middle child goes through. Yeah, you're you're famously unhappy with being oh, a middle yeah. child. Oh yeah, That's... no, it's every every stereotype you hear about a middle child. I'm like, yep, check check that box. <laughs> um, so you want to you want to have two middle children? <laughs> I'd want to have two middle children only because I feel like the evenness. If we yeah, have yeah. more, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as being the one middle child. Uh, I but know you think four, four, you're four, four legit. would be a good number. Wow. I know Morgan when we first started talking about it was like, I want a baseball team, I want a hockey team. Let's just do this thing. If we're gonna let's you know let's buy a farm and just two raise. teams. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, some of them could switch uh, switch positions. Um, 
And are you thinking soon? The boys are four and two. How soon are you thinking? I'm I'm hoping for you know think about it in about two years. Like when Clark starts school, right? Things will calm down. They'll both have a regular routine for the next twelve years, right? Then then we can. But you know, let, let's face it. It's really up to it's really up to Morgan in of terms course. of her being. I'm ready. Let's do this. And, uh, you know, it's our job as dads and husbands to make it work. All praise to Morgan. All praise to the moms. Yes, always, always. As we love to say. <laughs> uh, well, well, that's exciting stuff. Boy, four kids. Yeah. Zoe and I, you know, I as you know, and, and as the listeners will know who have been with us this season, uh, Zoe and I are expecting our second kid. And we're like, we're sure that's it. We're sure two is it. And part of it, I know it sounds silly, but like the idea of even like, do you have to get a bigger vehicle? And like <laughs> the place we, we just moved in our place, like our garage is already pretty small, even for the sedan that we have. And, you know, I guess it is a practical thought, but it also seems like kind of a silly thought when you're talking about the greater idea of like, Hey, we're here. We love each other. Uh, this is something that seems natural to do. Um, are there things about having multiple kids that surprised you? Yes, uh, I found because of the t- the time restraints, uh, I'm more stressed out in that trying to get everything done, trying to make everybody happy, trying to get, you know, okay, well, this kid wants this thing, but this kid's sick, but Morgan's off doing something for herself, which of course she's allowed to have, and, but dinner needs to be on the table in an hour because that's our routine, and you start getting a little bit more, I personally, sorry, start getting a little bit more stressed on where my attention should be at a time. Um, that's one thing that I noticed kind of happened with multiples, but I do notice that I'm slowing down and I'm being able to observe them more. Whereas with Wesley, I was more in the moment and I was more just let's have fun. Let's do it. Now with the two of them, I can kind of step back and be like, watch them interact and watch other people interact with them and kind of how people treat Wesley one way and Clark a different way and how that, changes and so it slows me down also right that's cool well, you know you and morgan are really hands-on parents and i think uh at least from what i can tell and obviously we spend a good amount of time together uh because our family's really connected um you know i think you have a really well balanced and well kind of set out routine and a way of interacting with each other and and with your kids and uh you, you work in the film and television industry. So sometimes you're working pretty long hours, but I think you, I mean, you're obviously very involved, you know, how, how do you think of your role as a dad and as an equal partner and a contributor, um, you know, in general? Well, one thing that, um, that changed, especially when, when Clark was born was I stopped thinking in terms of, how much money can I get out of a job and how quickly can I get home from a job? It stopped being about, you know, I need to make the most amount of money. I need to advance my career, blah, 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 blah. I need to be home with my kids. I need to be home. I need to make whatever I can and get home. Um, we kind of have a, um, the, the question that we ask at home, even though we're not big hip hop fans is you want biggie or smalls. And that's kind of our, (laughs) who wants what, what child, 
And that's kind of how we split our duties of like Morgan is very connected with Wesley. Right. Uh, they're emotionally very similar and me and Clark are very similar. So a lot of the time I'll get home and she'll be like, all right, I've been with the boys all day. You take Clark and we'll all be good. Like I, I said, when Clark was born, it made a difference of, okay, well, one parent per child. Good. So Morgan had Wesley. I could go off. I took some job. I took a job in Vancouver for a week. I took a job up in Sudbury. I took jobs up in, in Perry Sound because I could go away. But now that there's two of them, I need to be home sooner so that there's one parent per child as much as possible. You got a Biggie reference in there, and we got a little tour of Canadian geography. Very on brand for Big Papas. <laughs> I commend you for that. Is there advice that you have for other dads? Maybe if it's just kind of general and philosophical or or maybe if you have something really specific to an experience that you've had. Are there things that you, you think are worth passing on in case there are dads that are listening? Just be there. Just be present and just do your best. Uh, somebody once taught me there have been billions of parents in the world and nobody's gotten it right yet. <laughs> so you can kind of take that weight off yourself. Sure. You're not going to be perfect. Mistakes will be made. You will try and help one and then, you know, maybe not fail, but but, um, not be able to help another member of your family at the same time because you can only be in one place at one time. And accept that being present and doing your best is all that you can do. I feel like you and I both have, we share an ability to be frustrated easily by things. But the way that you've been talking and, you know, a lot of the things that you've been saying um, it, it seems like you have a pretty good handle on that. And I know it's easier to talk about stuff than to actually do it. But I wonder if maybe you do you take the time to, uh, you know, give yourself a pat on the back every now and then I, to appreciate it. And I, I try maybe to. same with the middle child thing. Like, I know it's easy for you to be down on yourself. And the same thing can happen to me sometimes, too, to think like, oh, I got frustrated with this or I lost my patience and. And that means that I'm fucking up. But the idea of giving yourself the credit, taking the step back at the end of the day to say, hey, you know what? I It wasn't a perfect day, but I, I regrouped when I had to or I took a deep breath or whatever, that kind of thing. Do you do you think about those ways of kind of, you know, treating yourself with care and not beating yourself up about too much stuff? I do. I think and 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 getting a little bit personal, I've suffered from uh, different types of depression throughout my life. And to be able to to say to myself, you know what, parenting is one thing that I am doing my best at. And uh, is one thing that kind of takes me out of that depression of like, you know, being able to to say to myself, hey, we did this good thing to get today or I know I did my best Uh, or if my kids get frustrated, kind of saying to myself, they're at that age. Um, It does help. You can, you know, I I do try and give myself that credit um, as much as possible. Sometimes you need outside. Sometimes you do need to say like, even to your partner or even to a friend, hey, I'm not sure if that day went okay, and be able to talk about it. Be able to say, hey, this is something that we're doing as parents that kind of frustrate me, and just at least talk about it. Well, that's good. You know, it's big of you to acknowledge, um, you know, any proclivity you have to being depressed at any point. And I think, you know, there's, there's probably not enough talk about this kind of stuff across the board, but there definitely is at least a good awareness 
of the existence of postpartum depression. Yes. I think it's obviously a really important thing uh, for partners, husbands, family members, whoever, to pay really close attention to, especially in those early days uh, after a baby is born. Um, is the mother, you know, seeming like she's in a good state of mind? But I feel like there's probably very little talk about the mental health of dads. And maybe that's an area that, you know, deserves more focus. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, happy parents really contribute in such a huge way to the happiness of a child. And I think uh, I'm, I'm just I'm glad that you brought that up. I don't know if there's there's a question here, but uh, I would hope that any any dads who are listening to the show um that, you know, you don't beat yourself up too much. And if you do feel like there is, you know, depression or, or any other type of um, mental roadblocks or things that are bringing you down to appreciate the fact that it should be OK to reach out to people, to talk about it, to discuss it, um, because it's not just for you. It's for your whole family. Uh, I feel like we could talk, you know, for another hour, but uh, it is bedtime for yes. Wesley and Clark. Yes, and uh, I'm sure they're still just chomping at the bit, maybe even Morgan too, for you to get back up there. Uh, but thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time out of your vacation to to chat with us here on Big Papas. It really hey, means a lot. Thanks for having me. Really, and anytime I'm I'm love to come back. Amazing. Awesome. We'd love to have you back. Uh, thanks, Mike. Love you, no buddy. Problem. Love you, buddy. The sound of a high five to finish the interview. Crisp high five. Indeed. Yeah. Just do one thing here. My recording sounds good. All right. Who are you? I am uh, Matthew Hills. I am father of four children. Ralph, seven. Kate, who is six. Uh, Savannah, three. And Bo James, who's one and a half. Yeah. Father of four. Yeah, maybe let's start with father of four. So, uh... As you know, we were talking about it or thinking about it, I'm like, so all plans, surprises, like what did you did you want a big family? What's the deal? How did how did you end up here? We definitely had lots of we knew we were gonna have three, but we had lots of conversation about the fourth. I think the tipping point well, my wife was really excited to have a fourth, but the tipping point was she she knows what to say. Anyways, she's very, very smart on how to get her way on these things. And she said to me, don't you want your son, don't you want your son to have a brother? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, yes, I do. And that was, it was just, we were looking at a bunch of transitions in our lives, moving out from here from the new positions, and it just, yeah, it made sense. We were excited, so we, we jumped and did it. And I mean... We already had three, and the thinking, the transition from two to three was the hardest, was, was the tricky one. I mean, I actually think one to two is the hardest. Oh, the three wasn't as hard. As, as, yeah, <laughs> sorry to tell you. But three to four was really crazy. It was nothing. How, uh, how, is, that, how is that possible? By, a sheer, that possible? by sheer numbers, you're like, okay, you've got two kids. I'm like, I got two arms. Like, Jess has two arms. Like... But now you're dealing with like extra, and you're saying you're saying that it was just like it was much easier making that move. Yes, because so much of it is routine and capacity building. Like once you know how to handle two and three, like once you've got that 
aspects of the day. <laughs> um, it's 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 much it's it's easy. It's not doesn't add any. It certainly adds more a little bit more time, but it's fractional addition. It's not exponential. Right. So it's just a. I mean, it's so much. I don't know. It's 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 fun. Like three was fun. Four was fun. They're really close in age and they keep each other laughing and distracted a lot of the time. I mean, I think that closeness also builds. They play well together. We're pretty, like, encouraging of, of free play for them. So that's something they do a lot. We get to, I know, the three-year-old is challenging at times right now. And it means that she's getting a lot more attention than the older kids. But that would be happening without a fourth child either way. So. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe yeah. tell me a little bit. So you you're saying it's all about routines. There there's an element of uh, the kids really sort of managing or, or keeping each other busy. But like, how do how do mornings go with like four kids? I mean, like sometimes I'm barely we're barely getting out the door in time for us both to get to work with one who's three. So so how do you guys make it work? Um, like in every aspect of the day, we always they're like clear clear boundaries and clear rules, but also, like, routine. So, morning, I'm, my, my son, Ralph, who's the eldest, is always up first, and he'll be up for five thirty and 6, and that has never changed. He's always uh, been up for, like, five thirty in the morning. As a baby, the seven-year-old, he's always up. So, we go downstairs, he has the things he does and looks at in the morning, um, gets out his books, and we... You know, he, he has his yogurt in the morning, granola, and then I'm packing lunches and I'm getting everybody's lunch ready. And he's going through his things, whether that's doing drawings or getting ready, doing schoolwork, but setting up the day and then the other kids slowly trickle down. The big thing is letting my letting Suzanne sleep in. Like, there's, there's key aspects. Like, so it depends. With Bo, with James, my, my our baby... Um, being sleep trained, kind of, he still gets up in the night at times. And Suzanne, um, we haven't transitioned to me going. I'll, I'll go to him in the night most of the night, but after like two in the morning, I'll sleep through and still get up with him. So then right. she sleeps in. Why get up in the morning, make breakfast, and get them all set to go? And then Suzanne will walk with them to the bus stop, and the kids get picked up. The two other kids get picked up. That's how it all shakes out. And then <laughs> the same in the evening, like essentially, like I do all the food prep by like four o'clock. You just start the same routines of like, you know, homework or, or play or the software, everything just all integrated and then you figure out the meals. Like I do grocery shopping over the weekend and plan everything out yeah. for the week lunches. And like we know, you know, Thursday's going to be a meal out or and Friday's probably going to be. Friday's movie night for the kids, which means they get to pick a movie, but they have to be in their pajamas and one essentially in the kitchen drinking wine and eating crackers and cheese. <laughs> That's the deal. So there's just like all these set routines that make it much easier and more manageable yeah, yeah. for us. And I think like it's always tempting to deviate from routines to think like, oh, this will be exciting for them or this will keep the kids entertained. But never fail to keep regret it. <laughs> you think, oh, well, maybe we should head to the park tonight instead of instead of doing dinner. Like, let's delay dinner an hour. But 
What uh, what about free time? How do you uh, how do you uh, how do you work to make free time for yourselves or for uh, for Suzanne? Or were you laughing there as if like there is no free time? <laughs> there is no free time. I mean, I like we talked about somehow maybe pushing the kids' bedtime back so they sleep in further. But then, no matter how late Ralph goes to bed, he's always up for five thirty. Does not matter. So in an ideal world, it would be great to like up before them uh like if i have an early morning flight i out I'll, I'll get up for four and i'm up before him and i have a shower and it's it's amazing to kind of feel a bit ahead of the game so that would be great but it does not happen i mean there are free times in the evening after the kids have gone to sleep yeah and that's like i think in some ways when you have a toddler and a baby you're kind of giving up on any um, like you definitely have some free time, like an hour or two, but you're exhausted, you're dead <laughs> to the world, and I mean, there's not much inner time at this stage. I think we always one of the rules is you can't you can't leave the house without a child. <laughs> so even if you're, if you're running an errand, it's like who are you gonna take? So it depends on the errand. Um, and I think we also like even even in saying that like there's. I'll, I'll, on weekends, I'll make an effort to take everybody grocery shopping, which is like the worst. It's horrible. It's the worst idea in the world. <laughs> all over the place. But how, it does give Suzanne some downtime or free time. You know. How long so, does it? Uh, how long does it take to go grocery shopping with four kids? Uh, like an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Uh, maybe the last thing I'll leave is there. You know. What, what would you say to someone, uh, dads out there, their partners, uh, who maybe unwittingly, you know, take the plunge and they're like, oh, let's have a second. And suddenly maybe their, 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 their brood or their, their family grows a little bit bigger. How do you guys at the end of the day, like what's the, what's the advice or, or, or nugget you would leave with them? Um, I think it's often, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. But, like, if you stop, it's, I, but I think that's true of any number, no matter how many kids you have, you need to feel overwhelmed, but if you stop and just, like, whether it's look at the child or just be in the moment, you can realize it's actually fun that the situation is perhaps ridiculous or what's stressing you out is so minor that it's actually hilarious, that it's just, kids are, it's just fun. And remembering that or, like, being centered on that, it, it can be challenging at times, but it becomes easier and easier when you have more children, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what I keep in mind. And, yeah, just, I just, I preach the routine. Yeah. Just the, like, the adherence to that routine is so huge. And we always, the little victories of finding out where you can cut down on time. Like, Two weeks ago, my partner got bento box Tupperware. So it means we don't have to wash and it's three individual Tupperwares. It's like one Tupperware with a lid that has three compartments. And it was just like, <laughs> crack the bottle of wine. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah, you know, there's also there's a lot of wine drinking goes on. I mean, I just, yeah, I think life is richer for it. So that's what I say to people if they're thinking about it. Awesome. Do it. Yeah. 
so many kids, so little time. I can't believe Matt has four kids. That seems, uh, that seems totally, uh, totally bonkers. And yet he's totally Zen about it. So I guess, I guess, uh, you know, he's, he's found his groove, which is really nice to hear. There's a lot of, a lot of good info in that interview. That was really cool, Pierre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the groove, as you, as you heard, does involve like some level of strict routine and, and definite wine drinking. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think that that's the, it. Might be if I was a winemaker, I'd actually think about making a wine that's just for like parents with like lots of kids. You know what I mean? It's just like you're ready. You're like they, they just maybe fell asleep, and it's like it's time to break that bottle open, or maybe they're about to fall asleep. <laughs> Sleepy Dad Chardonnay. <laughs> From the Big oh, no, Papa's I Vineyards. I, I think I had that not that long ago, actually. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's sweet. Well, we, we are through five episodes now of season two. We, we, we're getting them any way we possibly can. And uh, we've got one more in store for this season. Uh, and actually, there was a little clip. Uh, we didn't include it in the, in the main interview here, but you're going uh, to hear it to take us out of this episode that uh, Matt was talking about, something that actually kind of leads us into our finale, which will be up next week. Uh, Pierre, you want to tee that up? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there having the conversation with Matt and I go, hey, you know, uh, so like, are you going to make the family any bigger? Uh, and what he said actually led uh, very well into obviously our, our next topic, which is what happens when it's time to maybe not have kids anymore? Ooh. And how would you go about that? Uh, so, yeah, I think this, uh, this next little clip from Matt will set things up really nicely for uh, the next episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into the conversation of, uh, well, what happens when you're like, it's time for me to get the snip snip. Sounds good. We'll see you all next week on another episode of Big Papas. Take it away, Matt. Uh, any chances the family will expand? No, no, absolutely not. At four, like, we, we've got the van, and we could fit, technically, you could fit one more car in his van, but... So I am, to anticipate your next question, I am on the wait list for a vasectomy. I did part of being in Newfoundland and some of the healthcare services are a bit slower. So sometimes have this like conspiracy theory because of the birth rate being so low that they've got this long vasectomy wait list. But I'm, I'm on there. So. You're on the list. At one point it will be.